Hi, everybody. It is Garen and Jordan back, and we're talking about the second uh, Engage series message that you gave yesterday, Garen, and this one was about gather. Yep, gathering. Are they all Gs? They're all Gs, man. They're all they gotta Gs, be, right? Because you're on a power trip. Because you're right. you're G for Garen, G right. for these. Yep. Um, and so this one was gather, and it was about gathering together in church. And I don't know, Garen. I kind of wanted to start off by just saying you're the head of a church. You know, it's your job to bring people into church. If no one came to church, you wouldn't have a job. So of course, you're going to be about gather. So don't you think it's? I mean, you're a little bit biased on this one as far as telling us that we should gather. Like we're kind of like, hey. I mean, of course, Garen's going to say we should gather, right? Yeah, of course. That's. I mean, he wants he wants bigger numbers, right? He wants the money for the, for the newest for... New Balance shoes. Yeah. He wants right. butts and seats. Exactly. I mean, one, if as everybody knows, I didn't grow up in church, and I when I came into that community, the value I found of having brothers that walked with me was just so significant, and I like poured my life into that body. And have done that everywhere I've been because I know personally I can't walk faithfully with Christ without it. So I've I've experienced it. I've lived it. That talk of his promise of brothers, mothers and brothers and sisters a hundredfold, I've experienced it. And I know what that's like. And so not only that, it's just what the text says. I'm my job isn't to say things that draw a crowd or whatever. My job is to to be faithful to the word of God. And community is so important to him. And I tried to make the case for that yesterday. So that's my motivation. It's us being faithful and following Jesus and the word of God. And another theme throughout the day kind of seemed to be, you know, I'm not saying gather for me. This is really for you guys. Like this is what is actually good for you as the body of Christ. This is what's good for you as a follower of Jesus is to gather. So as much as you think you're saying gather for you as the, as the pastor, it's not about that. It's really about us as the followers. Yeah. Like, we don't even realize how much we really need this. Right. Because I know personally. And another thing that you talked about yesterday was this idea of bounded set and center set church, which I think is really important and something that when you go into a church, you feel this. Yes. But maybe you don't always have like language for it. Right. Um, so, quickly, bounded set means we're focusing on things that might keep us out, right? Like yeah. if you do this or don't do this, it might keep you out of our group. Yeah, it's what makes people in and out. It's those boundaries of like who's in, who's out, who's good, who's bad, who's faithful, who's not kind of thing with pretty strong boundary markers. And those are the measures of spirituality. Right. And then center set means we are all not looking so much at those things that could either disqualify you or qualify you for a group, but what is the center thing we're all focused on and what does it take to to get to that goal? Yeah, and movement. Then, you know, you and I talked about that in Drift, which is why I was so glad you brought that into that Drift conversation. That centered set thinking is about what's my trajectory? Am I moving towards or away from Jesus? And that's what Jesus struggled with the Pharisees, right? The Pharisees were so bounded set that they just define, oh, that woman? No, she's outside. She doesn't fit the boundary markers. She's out. Why are you even listening, talking to those people? But what Jesus knew is her movement was towards him, that she wanted to know him. And what he cared about is, are the people moving towards me or away from me? They just cared about the boundary markers that they had determined were the most important things and that they fit. But man, like I said yesterday, that I've been in churches that are like that. It leads to legalism, judgmentalism. It leads to, I'm doing practices for their sake and not for the sake of growing in my walk with God. I mean, you know, you know all that stuff. Right? Sure. And then that's kind of the difference between an organization 
and an organic movement. Is that right? Yes. So we don't really, I mean, we don't care if 12th is an organization with all these things that define us and you do this, you know, do this. We, we could care less about that. But if what really we care about, I think, is, is that we're an, an organic movement of Jesus, meaning we are, we're really growing. We're alive. It's a body. Like you talked about the body of Jesus. What does that mean? And that we're actually on mission with him. That's, that's what really matters. Yes. And that those other things, not that they're unimportant, but they're things that help me cultivate the relationship and help me move towards them. And just in and all by themselves, is that thing just purely holy and makes me holy? No, it's, is it moving me towards Jesus? It's exercise environments to put me in around him. That's the whole point. So those rules that exist, they're not, they're not the point. Nope, they're not the point. But when we make them the point, this becomes a really rigid place. Yes. And a really judgmental place and legalistic place. So the rules can't be... Yeah, the point. Pride thrives there. Grace thrives in the other. That's what why I use the illustration the week before of the. If I go on a date with Pat, and if all I talked about was everything I did to make it happen, you'd be like, "Is something wrong with you?" Wasn't the point of that? Spending time with her, and yeah, that bounded set thinking tends to get you to focus on the things, those those practices, right? And that's not the that's not the end game. Yeah, there are a few ways that you describe the body of Christ that really man, made me think, and maybe they meant a lot to other people too, but you said, you know, in the in the New Testament, Jesus calls the church his own body. He refers to it as his bride, and he calls the other believers his family, right? And so the question you asked was, if you saw someone disrespecting one of those things, wouldn't you stand up for those things? Wouldn't it rouse something inside you and say, no, that's yeah. not right. I, you know, I'm going to stand for this. Well, why would we feel that way about those things, but but not the church? Yeah, exactly. Why would we... Um, you know, treat the church as less important when Jesus treats yes, it as this exactly. really important thing. Especially that bride. I mean, man, that's so powerful. Like he says, this is my bride. And so my question is, how do I treat his bride? Do I respect it? Do I invest in it? Do I do I give my all for it? Because he does. That's really, to me, is very powerful. Yeah. The other one that was really good, I thought, was likening it to a sports arena, right? So not so much the KU football crowd. <laughs> definitely not. That's definitely pretty... not that crowd. Allen Fieldhouse is another thing. Allen Fieldhouse right? is that's a, that's yeah, a, that's we can aspire thing. to be that, but not the not the Memorial Stadium crowd. But you talked about Arrowhead or the around Fieldhouse, right? Or Bramlage, where it really gets full and people really get excited. Like, what is it they're excited about? This common thing that they're all cheering yes. for. And you're alongside somebody who loves it just as much yep. as you do. And why do we not expect church to be that way? Yeah. We really should, right? Yeah. And that's really been what it has been for me from the very beginning. I had no idea of this is a rule to be here, whatever. It wasn't that I got, I became a believer. I got in this community of people that I loved and they loved Jesus like I did. And I wanted to be around those people. And to me, it was the same kind of motivation I had for, you know, going to a Fort Hayes State game back when I was a kid, because that's what I loved as a kid. But yeah, it's the same thing. It's it's just that desire to be around people who are hungry for what you were hungry for. Yeah. So we can start like tailgating out in the yeah, parking have lot tailgating before, ahead of time and like do the body paint in service and <laughs> hold the signs up. Yeah. Maybe like start the wave while you're yep. preaching. Just no alcohol sales though. We, right. We will. That does, that is outside the boundaries. So <laughs> we will. That's one boundary marker we'll hang to. <laughs> All right. We'll stay inside that, but I'm definitely going to start chanting uh, defense during your next sermon. So, because you told us to, right? Man, something else you said that hit me on Sunday was Luke 4.16. It says that Jesus was in the habit of being around the community of believers and just what that means, that it's not something that he just did from time to time, but man, it was something that he prioritized and did regularly and mattered to him. 
Yeah. And if the son of God needed that, yeah. how much more do we need that? And that hit me. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Sometimes I think I'm above it. Oh, I mean, I'll go if I want to, but I'm really good. Man, no. Yeah. Jesus needed this. Yeah. How much more do you need this? Yeah. And I, right, I totally agree with that. And again, for him, it was a habit. It was a thing he did, but it wasn't just for the thing itself because he knew he needed connection with the Father. He needed connection with other believers. He needed to be hearing the Torah every week, just like everybody else, singing the worship in community, just like everybody else. You know, David did a great job yesterday, and there was a lot that we didn't talk about yesterday that we did in Starbucks last week. But one thing he talked about was how much that habit has carried him through tough times of his life, where the habit's what kept him coming. and But that's the thing that that he needed so desperately to stay close to God and how, and that you don't love the habit for the habit again, but it's because you love Jesus and the habit is something you develop that sustains that relationship. And yeah, so the practices don't have, they're not bad things. They're important. They're not the center, right? They're not the most important. I think one reason this is so hard for us to understand is because we've all had experiences with the, with the church police before. Yes. With the person who either implicitly or explicitly judges you for missing church yep. or for missing Bible study yep. or for whatever. And I remember Kate and I um, went to a funeral in time of a, of a lady. And at a funeral, you, you know, they were talking about how great she was and all that. But one person got up and, and I don't know if they meant it as like an endearing thing or what, but they they were like, yeah, she was the church police. If you missed church, she took notes and she called you. And I was like... <laughs> I would not want to be remembered yeah, for right. that. Like nobody feels good yeah. when you get that call. Like, oh, I noticed you weren't in yes. church. And so maybe we're so, I don't know, maybe we've been beaten up by that or we're so scared of that, that this just could so, this gather conversation could feel legalistic. Yes. I Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like I said, I've been in bounded set churches and that did happen. You, you know, you're out of town on vacation with your parents down to Texas to see your relatives and then you're getting a a phone call when you get home, hey, uh, where were you Sunday? And I'm right. like, I mean, I was with my family out of town. and But you could feel that it was this, that that boundary marker was the defining thing. And I'm yeah. like, I, man, I love Jesus. You don't need to worry about me uh-huh. kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And I agree. I think a lot of people have been around that, that you hear kind of the, the gather thing when we talk about gifts and you can hear it, people like see it through that lens or hear it through that filter. That's not what we're saying. So. Right. And I'm going to keep reminding people of that because I don't want them hearing it to that filter. So when we say habit, man, we've got to get in the habit of doing this. It's not at all through that lens of like judgment or, you know, you've got to prove that you're a Christian to be here. Like, it's not about that. No. It is for your walk. It is for our walk. As a body, we need each other. If the arm doesn't show up to work, the body misses a big piece, right? Yeah. So like, we need you here. Yeah. And that's the lens we got to hear this yeah, through. Exactly. Even, I mean, just when you were saying that, when I, every summer, I'm not running stairs all year like I used to, but when it comes early summer, I'm back hitting the stairs, the, the, the football stadium at ESU. I'm, I'm running that hill and I'm getting back in the habit, but it has, I don't enjoy that. It has nothing to do with that. It's because I want to climb a 14er and that I need to get ready for that. And that's my end game. And that just enables me to get to the thing that matters. And so yeah, that's how a, we need to see It's a things. means to the end. Yep. It's not the end in yep, itself. Exactly. Okay. I hope we get that. I, because if, because <laughs> if we hear this through the wrong lens, yeah, it can just sound like Garen's harp yeah, on me. It could just church. sound like, yep. Oh, I'm, oh, Kim Church got beat up again. And right. Nobody wants that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
something, man, I feel like there are so many good things you talked about, but one other heavy hitter on this message was this implicit versus explicit curriculum that mm, you referred yeah. to that conversation with that teacher. Yeah. And what did that teacher say again? This is a great quote. Yeah, he said the explicit curriculum is what you say in class. It's the things you teach with your mouth. The implicit are things you do in class that may actually undermine things you say. And he said what the kids learn as the implicit curriculum over the explicit curriculum. And so and we know that. So if I remember right, you likened that to parents and kids, right? Like we can say the right things as parents, but ultimately what we do and the habits we form yep. are what our kids pick up on. Oh, definitely. And they yeah. know what we value. Yeah. Like right. that educator I interviewed said, our actions shout louder and drown out our words. And we all know that as parents, that that's true. Like growing up in my house, my dad never explicit. Oh, maybe he did, but I don't remember him explicitly telling me like, hey, I really love KU basketball. I don't remember him saying that. Yeah. But I knew it. You knew it. Because every game we were gathered and it was passionate and we were talking about it. And yep. just from that habit yeah. of the things we did together and how we spent our time, I knew it was a value for us. Yeah. And no one had to tell me that. It was just obvious. Yeah. And so you're saying that's the same thing with this gather. That if we prioritize it in our family, our kids are going to know that it matters to us. Yes. And they're going to see the value in it too. Yep. But if we talk the talk, but then Sunday morning, we don't really walk the walk that we run the risk of our kids being confused about, well, well, I mean, does this really, yeah. this really matter that much? And I would say probably they're not confused. I think probably what they're gathering is this really doesn't matter that much. And that's why we're seeing the numbers we do. You, you are very well aware of them. Like how many of our youth bail and it's not all because of that, but you wonder how much of it is, is that they're getting an implicit curriculum yeah. from us by more what we do than what we say. Sure. So that, yeah, that's very important. And I want to, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't know how many parents are aware of that. And I felt like it was my job to, to make that clear. Cause I think it's important. And, and I, we want to raise a generation for Christ. Right. And that means they have to grow up valuing the community because that's, what's going to sustain them through college in those tough years with all the temptation, all the stuff they're hearing from professors, right. They're away from home. Yeah. If they've got that habit, kind of wired into them and that love for that thing, even if it's not a love, but it's still a habit like David talked about, that can get them through those tough years. And that's what we want, right? Generation for Christ. And if, we, if, we, if we're always training our kids for something, yeah, you just got to ask yourself the question, what am I training my kids for if I only go when it's convenient? And we're like, oh, we go the average, which is what, 1.5 a month or something. Because when they get out on their own and their first weekend at college, like if it's ingrained, like this is just what we do, you know, rain or shine, like we make time for this. Yeah. Then odds are they might go yeah. plug in. Yeah. But if, I mean, nobody wakes up excited for church early. Yeah. You know, it, right. unless it's a habit you've already done. Yeah. So when they're on their own, right. what are they going to follow? Yeah, it's in, right. It's in kind of ingrained. We've had multiple college students show up the last two weeks that are new. And what that tells you is, is those especially are probably there because it's been something ingrained in them and they have a value system built around it and they're showing up on their own. That's my guess. Um, yeah, that right. It just builds something into them that's so significant. Hmm. No guarantees, right? Yeah, but, and once again, this is not like a, a silver bullet. Do you want your yeah, kids to be right. followers of Jesus in 10 years? Then, you know, this is the one easy trick. No, but statistically, this matters a whole lot. Yeah. And so it's definitely helping. Yeah. We want our children loving and following Jesus. And you can't separate that from loving his bride. Right. Right. He would say, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to. He's like, no, you love me. You love my bride. 
mm-hmm. we're a package, right? It's like right. you and Katie, right? Me and right. Pat. You don't, isn't like, yeah, you can trash my wife and hang out with me. No, you're whatever. We're, we're a package we're deal. We're a package deal. Yeah. And so that's how he views it. And I have to take that seriously. Mm. Okay. That's a good way to explain it. Um, I did, I did just want to talk briefly about the interview with David Wooth because it was so good and he was so transparent. And one thing that he said that stuck out to me was that when he came to Emporia, he was kind of done with church and he didn't really see the value in it. Um, and I don't remember if it was coming here or something happened, but that switched. And then once he bought it and he's like, oh man, I forgot what I was missing. And I really do value this. And he said he would have never been able to follow God consistently on his own. And that not that 12th is so special. He could have done it anywhere probably, but that plugging into a body of believers was what really ignited that. Yeah. Well, part he actually, he came with it being important because he looked online and he found somewhere, but he never made a connection there. Oh, and that's was really was. struggling. And then he's like, he had committed, I'm never looking into a Baptist church, which is so funny. And then he finally decided he had heard some things and showed up and immediately got connected. And that's what made all the difference. Oh, okay. The connection. Yeah. I'd missed that part. But you know, he, he actually said several profound things. The one that still stands out to me, he said it when we were having coffee, he said it yesterday. That year when he kind of got out of community as a senior in high school, that was the year he said some, some sin habits came into his life that he stuck, struggles with to this day. And I thought that was really profound. Again, the need for community because sin loves isolation. It thrives in isolation. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was just so powerful. You know, just that alone is like, right, I need to stay in community because I don't want to develop a habit now that's going to be in 20 years is still going to be haunting me or mm-hmm. something, right? I really thought that was a powerful thing. So. Yeah, when you quit tending the garden for a week, then you show up and you got a mess on your hands, yeah. right? Yeah, So same exactly. Thing. The, uh, the thing that I kind of wanted to end with that I, I think it was the perfect capstone to what you're saying yesterday was that promise. I think you referenced it in Mark 10 of when... Jesus promises us that, hey, whatever you lose for my sake, whether it's brothers or sisters, fathers, mothers, whatever, I will, I will multiply that tenfold. And I, I guess I always just assumed that meant heaven. Like, hey, when you get to new creation, you're going to have all that. And I think that's what I just always interpreted it as. And then you saying that he's talking about the body there yeah. makes so much sense yeah, and is so good. So that promise that, hey, if you will buy into this and you will prioritize gather and you'll be a part of my body, then you're going to get all the benefits of that. You're yeah. going to have the Sarah Henrys yep. looking out for you. You know, you're going to have the David Wooths walking right beside yep, you. You're exactly. going to have all these people around you, spiritual children even, that you're yes. going to get to take part in their life. Yep. And just what a like special gift that really is. Yeah. And I've experienced that so deeply, especially coming out of a non-Christian home. I met some people who who like literally became my like spiritual parents. I didn't have any. And I got more than a couple. I mean, many. And I'm like, wow, that is so powerful. Like, it, yeah, it's so I've experienced that. And that's why I said that yesterday. Because hmm. I have found that true in my life. If you can't tell, right? Yeah. Man, I, uh, I had two really great interactions yesterday. One was a college student that I know. And I caught him before I had been to first. He came into second and he said, man, I haven't been to church in a while. I've been watching online and I just decided this is the day I'm going to get back. Wow. I forgot to tell you this ahead of time. Huh. He said, this is the day I'm back. And I was just like, man, you picked the right one. And so I'm so glad that he got to be here in person and hear that. Um, I think that God had that lined up perfectly. And then another good one was leaving the service 
there was another college student who I've known for a long time. And he came up to me and he said, man, I have not been prioritizing the body. And he goes to college out of town. And he says, when I get back to my college, I'm going to look up Christian Challenge and I'm going to get involved because I need to so badly. Wow. And he That's said, he said, we'll talk this week and I'll tell you how it went, but I'm going to prioritize it and get it done. And so I think that God was in it yesterday. That's awesome. I think he was speaking to people. Um, and I think it's something that that we needed. So thanks for bringing that word. Yeah. yeah. That was helpful. Yep. Important to me. I mean, I, we know you just said it because you want butts and seats. <laughs> so we know that's the only reason you said all that. If you've hung on the podcast for this long and you've listened the full 20 minutes, you know that that's a joke, hopefully, by this point. So, okay. Hey, that's Gather. Next week looks a little different, right? Because it's Labor Day weekend. Yep. Labor Day weekend. Yep. We're going to do something a little bit different. Quasi-related, but... Um, Come back to the next uh, the next one in two weeks. So, and that'll be that's uh, September 11th, and it's on um, gifts. Gifts. Gifts is the G word. Okay. Gifts. So, all right, cool. Hey, um, thank you for being with us on this. We think the the engaged series is so important, and we think the gather is so important. Not just so that twelfth can be a place that um, is being used by God, but for you too, and for me, and we need each other as members of the body. So, thank you for being part of that. Um. yeah I don't think there's anything left to say man nope, so said, man. we'll send it out and thank you guys for being with us